Welcome to another edition of the Montana Values Podcast. In this episode, we shine a light on the dirty tricks in 406 politics and showcase the Montana governor's race. Before you cast your vote for Montana's new governor, you should know who's casting mud while standing knee-deep in wallow. Let's get right into it with our host, Tammy Fisher. Political campaigning is dirty, and Montana campaigns aren't really any less dirty than any other state. Every campaign has a dirty tricks component to it. And that's unfortunate, but it is the reality of politics in 2020. Montana, though, has tried to temper the Dirty Tricks Club that every campaign has by passing some of the best campaign reform legislation that seeks to force transparency on political campaigns. The Clean Campaign Act is an effort to remove dark money from politics. And what is dark money? Well, it's money invested on behalf of a campaign that we don't know who the donor is. And if you can hide under the cover of darkness and fund campaigns, then Montana won't know if it's some dude from New Jersey who is investing in Montana politics or some dude from Great Falls. And this information is important to Montana because we believe in transparency. We want to know if we're being fed a line of horseshit or if we're being given solid facts from which to base our decisions on. Because if it's some group from Washington, D.C. that's telling us what to do, well, we're probably going to reject that. But if it's, say, the Montana Beef Council, well, maybe we take what they have to say as valid. So the Clean Campaign Act tries to ensure that Montanans know who is funding various candidates. And it also sets some ground rules for candidates to ensure, to the extent practical, that the competition is fair. And the person that's charged with ensuring compliance with the Montana campaign laws is the Commissioner of Political Practices. So there's these technical violations of campaigning rules that are about as boring as watching paint dry. And no one but the campaigns themselves really cares about the technical violations. But there's these other violations that are more deliberate and more consequential to the ultimate outcome of an election. And the problem with these violations is that they occur in the last weeks of a campaign where discovery of the violations and the investigation occur after the election has happened more often than not. So we don't have any mechanism to cure the damage caused by the violations. So the Dirty Tricks Club has very little consequence for getting super dirty at the end of a campaign cycle because a fine has no effect on the actual election. The leader of the Dirty Tricks Club could be the candidate. And if he or she is successful, they still get through the election as the winner, even when they deploy dirty tricks to get there. And when it's rich folks that get fined for their dirty tricks, well, well, what's a fine to a rich person? Not exactly punitive. And not all of the dirty tricks are covered by Montana law. You can still do some super dirty stuff and not violate the law. So here at MVP, we want to help shine a light on all of the dirty tricks, whether in violation of a law or not, so that Montanans are clear in this election cycle who the Dirty Tricks Club members are. And when we vote in November... We want to make sure we do so with the full knowledge of who we're really voting for. We're going to start with the governor's race. First on our list is Greg Gianforte. He is the candidate running for governor under the Republican Party banner. We talked to you a few months ago about why we feel Greg Gianforte is a flawed candidate who fails to adhere to the Montana and Republican value of rule of law because he is a criminal. But we didn't talk about his dirty tricks. His late-in-the-game dirty trick was to contact his opponent's supporters and try to persuade them that his opponent was not fit to be governor because he is a cancer survivor. This was part of Gianforte's whisper campaign against his opponents. And a whisper campaign is what the candidate's campaign says 
like gossip behind the back of their opponent to try to undermine their opponent. It's kind of like saying, I know you don't like me, but my opponent cheats on his wife. So then, without any facts and support, you shade your opponent with gossip that undermines your opponent's character, and the opponent can do very little to counter. So, for Gianforte, his whisper campaign and dirty trick against Tim Fox was to tell Fox supporters to leave Fox and support Gianforte because Fox was unfit to serve due to his prior cancer diagnosis. Fox, ever the statesman, finally had enough and called out Gianforte publicly for the dirty trick at the primary debate. Listen here. Congressman, it's clear that you were social distancing long before the pandemic hit. You ducked debates and forums, refused interviews with the press, avoided open public meetings and tough questions, and instead used your considerable wealth to try to buy this election instead of earning those votes. You have used your surrogates to attack me, and you've even called one of my supporters and told him that he shouldn't support me because I have cancer and might get sick while in the governor's office. That's appalling, and it's definitely not Montana. Gianforte's dirty tricks were confirmed by R.D. Marks, a longtime Republican, in a letter to the editor where he wrote, and we quote, Last year, after my first contact by Congressman Gianforte regarding his plan to run for Montana governor, I responded by saying that I was not going to be supporting him because, number one, he had betrayed my trust that he would stay in Congress, and number two, that Tim Fox is truly a Montanan that has the qualifications, character, and experience needed for that office, whereas Congressman Gianforte is not a Montanan and has no experience to qualify him to be Montana's governor. A few weeks later, I got a call, not from the congressman, but from his wife, Susan, regarding my response to his request for me supporting him. I reiterated my prior comments and reassured her that I was not interested in supporting her husband. At the time, she asked, well, what about Tim's health? I was taken back. I knew, and Tim has been open about the fact that he is a cancer survivor, so it's not a big secret. But to have it thrown up as an issue to change my mind about who I was going to support seemed as a very Eastern politics approach and certainly not the Montana way. I said that in so many words and that my support for Tim Fox would continue. Is Gianforte's candidacy a social stepping stone for Susan to be Mrs. Montana? Why would a man who is man enough to body slam people not to be man enough to call me in person? Now, I also wonder, is this same character issue of avoiding a man-to-man conversation the reason why he didn't show up for two governor debates? End quote. A Gianforte's dirty trick wasn't a campaign violation. It was just a super shitty thing to do. And it follows a long list of super shitty things that Gianforte has done while trying to obtain and while holding elected office. Remember when he promised to put all of his assets in a blind trust? A blind trust means you give full control over your financial assets to a money manager and you rely on that money manager to invest without you even knowing what your money manager is doing. And why do we want our elected officials to put their assets in a blind trust? Because in Congress, most people don't know this, insider trading is legal. And so we want to be assured that congressmen and women can't use their insider knowledge gained as a congressman as a means for profit. They can't hear that company A is on the verge of bankruptcy and then run to their stockbroker and say, sell all of company A stock that I own so that they don't lose. No, we want our congressmen to be as blind as we are to profiting off of insider information. So Gianforte says he's going to put his stuff in a blind trust. And then he never did. 
probably because he thinks we're too stupid to check on that commitment. So when it comes out that he profited off of the coronavirus pandemic and we check on that blind trust commitment, he responds with, no, I didn't have my stuff in a blind trust, but it's something magically called a blind investment agreement. And why is it a thing of magic? Because Gianforte made up the term. He thinks we're so dumb that we won't recognize that he lied when he said he'd put his investments in a blind trust. And his alternative blind investment agreement is even better than a blind trust. Well, it's not. And we're not that dumb. Don't forget, in 2017, when he was dying to be our congressman, his campaign promised... This is a quote. If elected, he would put all his assets in a blind trust to avoid any conflict of interest. His campaign spokesman added in a statement, quote, Greg strongly believes his personal assets should never influence his decision making in office. That was 2017 when he was making promises to win a seat. Did he follow through with his promises? Nope. Instead, he invents something called a blind investment agreement where he still controls his investments. And he can still use info gained in his congressional seat to alter his investment decisions. So this way, he was able to ultimately profit off of investing in the stock of a medical research company during the pandemic. Dirty trick pulled on Montana voters? Oh, yeah. But he thinks we will forget. And he thinks he'll never be held accountable because he thinks Montanans are dummies who will buy his made-up label for his asset management. And it's hocus pocus. Let's turn to the Democrat side of the governor's race. Mike Cooney, the Democrat running for governor, had a campaign violation during the primary. He used his state office to attend a campaign conference call. And this is a big no-no. You can't use public-owned offices and funds for political purposes. And his fine for the violation was the maximum, $1,000. That's probably because as someone who's been in public office for 44 years, he should definitely know better. The campaign rules are stringent because Montanans don't want anyone to use our tax dollars that fund public positions for the purpose of obtaining another political office. This is the difficulty all politicians that run for an office while holding another office run into. And it's why most of our representatives in Washington have one office in the Senate or House building and one private office across the street where they go and fundraise for the next election. But thus far, in this 2020 election cycle... The big winner of the Dirty Tricks Prize for the governor's race goes to Greg Gianforte. After his assault on a reporter, which rendered him a criminal, his failure to meet his commitments that he made in the campaign trail in 2017, and his use of an opponent's cancer survivorship to get Republicans to overlook Gianforte's significant personal faults, it's clear that Greg Gianforte has earned his position as king of the Montana Dirty Tricks Club 2020. We'll keep you posted as the governor's campaign goes forward when we learn of more dirty tricks amongst the candidates. We hope there aren't any more, but if we learn of some, we're going to let you know about it. Until then, hey, thanks for listening and tune in next time when we cover the dirty tricks occurring in our other Montana 2020 political races. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Check us out on our website, montanavaluespodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at MTValues. To sponsor the program or just drop us a line, email us. Our address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Listen Notes, Podbay, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.